So we just had Gino Wickman on the show, and you're super going to enjoy this show today because Gino is an entrepreneur since the age of 21. He's had obsession for learning what makes businesses and entrepreneurs thrive. And at 25, he took over the family business, which was already deeply in debt and in need of help. And after turning around the company and in seven years running it, he and his partner successfully sold the company. Gino set out to then help entrepreneurs and leaders get what they want from their businesses based on years of real-world experience. He created the Entrepreneurial Operation system, a practical method for helping companies achieve greatness. And you probably know this, it's EOS. He's personally delivered more than 1,900 full-day sessions for more than 135 companies, helping them implement EOS. He's also the author of the award-winning, best-selling book, Traction, Get a Grip on Business, as well as Get a Grip on Rocket Fuel, How to Be a Great Boss, and What the Heck is EOS, which has sold more than 5 million copies. And today we dive into his new book, Entrepreneurial Journey. You're going to love this episode. Stay tuned. Welcome to Multifamily Live. I'm Kaylee Arusi. And I'm Jason Arusi. Our mission is to help you unlock your full potential as a multifamily real estate investor. So you can do more deals, bigger deals, with less stress, keep more profit, and free up your time. Multifamily doesn't have to be a mystery. It's time to go live. All right, Gina, welcome to the show. How you doing? Great, Jason. Pleasure to be here. Well, I'm excited to have you. I was really excited to have uh, Bill Allen uh, make the connection here and put us together. Um, so we're talking about the entrepreneurial leap. And so many times the word, it seems even more fluent than potentially, you know, 5, 10, 15 years ago, the word entrepreneur, right? So it's, it's much more accepted now. Still, we have so much happening here where we've had this transition, of course, over the last 12 months more at this point of people who were in a position where they were just doing everything fine in their life, you know, life's going away. And then all of a sudden, you know, it got pulled out from under their feet, right? Because the job they had, um, which was really their driver, the one thing they had that that they thought was certainty um, is no longer there, right? And so we've seen even a more influx of people identifying that they need more ways to hopefully win. What has been one of the, 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 the things holding most people back from getting after the, getting out of the comfort zone, which sometimes is not, not, not a great place to be, but it's a comfort zone in, in discomfort, but it's, it's sometimes safer than the, the discomfort of, of potentially having the success they want. For sure. Well, I would say a, a couple of things to that, you know, because what you started with was really important in that, you know, entrepreneur is now an accepted term. And it's good news, bad news, because now it's so accepted that everybody and their brother wants to be an entrepreneur. So it's, it's this thing that, you know, I, I describe it as, you know, in the 70s and 80s, everyone wanted to be a rock star. Now everybody wants to be an entrepreneur. So I, I'm going to give you kind of two perspectives on what you said, because, because half of the story is there are people wanting to be an entrepreneur, wanting to start businesses because they're seeing the sexiness of these billion dollar tech unicorns and I want that. And and so it's a little scary because what we're going to talk about and what you're going to learn with this project is that I don't believe everyone is cut out to be an entrepreneur. So I'm going to break some hearts. And so that's one part of this. The other part of this is absolutely, you know, I feel like I'm in the right place at the right time. This pandemic of the last year is going to spawn so many new entrepreneurs. And I think the uh, startup number, you know, new business filings, it's up, I think, 100%, you know, in the, in the last year as a result of it. So they're coming out of the woodwork. So I, I find it to be less about, you know, people are 
afraid to take their leap, what's holding them back? Because what we're about to dig into is I'm going to try and talk some people out of doing it. But if you are, if you pass this test we're about to talk about, I am going to hopefully compel you to take that leap. So we're going to kind of back into your answer because, you know, let the cat out of the bag, my very strong belief after 30 years of working and helping with entrepreneurs is that a true entrepreneur has six essential traits. And if you have these six essential traits, you are one of the 4% in the world and your destiny and the reason you are on this planet is to become an entrepreneur. And I wanna show you exactly how to do that. So I'm trying to find those people that are and don't quite realize they are, uh, but also talk some people out of it because if you're in the 96% uh, that aren't entrepreneurs, it's not like it's a death sentence. We'll talk about what that means but there's my jumping off point. Hopefully I made a little bit of sense there. No, absolutely. So who makes the cut? What are, what are the six components here that we need to really, and I'll, I'll partner that question where it is that can some of these, if don't have them today, be learned if we do just have this driving, driving energy in of us that we have to do this thing outside of what we're doing. Yeah. And unfortunately your audience isn't going to like the answer, but some of them are. So here's the answer. So first of all, here are the six essential traits. And I would urge and ask as your audience is listening, just please scan your body, do a, do a checkup on yourself. Do you check all six of these boxes because it's an all or nothing? So I'm going to start there. Here are the six. So a true entrepreneur has six essential traits. They are visionary, passionate, problem solver, driven, risk taker and responsible. And as you're scanning yourself on those six essential traits, I will suggest to you, there is a, a, an assessment I've created at the website. It's free. It takes 10 minutes. If you fill it out and score 90 or higher, you probably have these six essential traits. So e-leap.com is where you can find that. And we can certainly go deeper into describing these things. But the last little important point on this is I personally believe, and here's the bad news, that you are born with these traits. They cannot be taught. It's a genetic encoding. It's nature over nurture. And half the world agrees with me and half the world doesn't. So it's a very debatable topic. So I hope I'm wrong. I'm, hope, I'm hoping 7.5 billion people can learn these six essential traits, but I don't believe it for a minute. And so in all of this, I'm trying to find the 4% so you know who you are. And the 96%, the good news is you get to check that box that that's not the career option for you. Entrepreneurship is not all it's cracked up to be. It's hard. And I'm trying to save some of you from 10 years of hell. The world still needs police officers and nurses and doctors and attorneys and engineers. So there are other career options, or you can even hitch your wagon to an entrepreneur. If you love entrepreneurship, go join forces with an entrepreneur and ride that journey with them. So there are other options. I say to people that you know, that are talking about jumping into something, I say, well, um, do you like having a set stop and start time in your day? Do you like having the ab ability to get your weekends back? Because I love what I do, right? But many times that includes after hours, other parts, things that are traditionally outside the norm of, of, the, of the timeline of what has been determined to be your workday, right? Because you love what you do, you're passionate. And then sometimes as an entrepreneur, potentially starting out, you may be wearing more hats. So you, you have more things to do, right? Than if you just had this one role, hey, you know, get in your documents to marry by by 4 p.m. today and you can go home and you know do do as you may. So that that's usually one of the talk tracks is 
how do you identify your, your relationship to time so you can find the best use of your time and make sure that you're, you're not, because you want to love what you do so you can maximize your time. And yeah. you don't want to feel pressured by this entrepreneurship journey where, oh, I don't know if I like this. And now it's pressuring me to, to, to lose my time. Yeah. Your thoughts be? yeah. And to share something else, a great tool that I created. So the, the book is written in three parts, confirm, glimpse, and path. Okay. And it's this linear psychological, philosophical journey of self-discovery. And so we first have to confirm if you have them. Once we do, I then show you a glimpse of all the possibilities. And then I show you a path for how to get there faster, eliminate half the mistakes, increase your odds of success. So in this confirm step that we're talking about, I teach something called an entrepreneurial range. And I created this in a fierce debate with a professor of entrepreneurship at a Starbucks. And, 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 and it's a visual to help people understand that it's not a death sentence because here's the entrepreneurial range. If you picture this arc and on the far left side of the arc are the words self-employed and on the far right side of that arc are the words true entrepreneur. And so if you can all picture that in your mind, everyone that owns a business is somewhere on that entrepreneurial range. My point is the people that have the six essential traits are the people on the right end of the range because on the far right, right, right end of the range are the greatest entrepreneurs of all time. Mm. Uh, Thomas Edison, Elon Musk, Oprah Winfrey, Walt Disney, Henry Ford. On the far left end of that range are sole proprietors, self-employed people. One person shows, people with a side hustle, people that are um, franchise owners, they own one franchise. So it's all respectable and admirable and you're taking a risk. But if you don't have the six essential traits and you wanna be self-employed and independent contractor, it's still possible. And I always like to give one example of what I'm talking about because if somebody has handy skills, you can become a handy man or a handy woman and charge 60 bucks an hour and make a hundred grand a year. You will be self-employed. You will control your own schedule. And if you're any good and you do good work and you follow up, you'll be busy for the rest of your life. And after two years, you'll never have to market yourself again. But the way that it works is, so there you are in that far left end of the entrepreneurial range. Mm. If you have these six essential traits, you will not be able to stop your brain from building a construction company because you're going to say, wait a sec, I could hire somebody for 25 bucks an hour, make that profit, go over here, sell more business, and then hire another person. All of a sudden, you're going to build a construction company. Now, it's just a question of how much you redline those six essential traits like an Elon Musk because not every entrepreneur is cut out to build a billion-dollar company, and it's not all it's cracked up to be. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. So give me your one-liner about what an entrepreneur is because it, it's actually said so easily now that sometimes we, we forget to actually how to really truly identify what that word actually means. Yeah, and, and so my definition of an entrepreneur is a person who sees a need, an opportunity, an idea in the world, takes a risk to start a business to fill that need by creating something brand new or improving upon something that exists and then builds an organization with people to take that to the world. Love it. Love it. When we talk about confirm glimpse and path, right? So confirm to do, do you have, right? So we, we say we do know uh, what do we have it, right? What do you find is the biggest um, catapult in the glimpse perspective to get people to take the leap? Yeah, you bet. And this gets to this point you brought up about how do you get them to move? So now let's pretend and confirm. We've now confirmed that you are a true entrepreneur. Entrepreneurship is your destiny. 
Then I show you glimpse as you're talking about. And what I do in glimpse is I share countless stories of entrepreneurs who were right where you are and how they built what they built. I then show a day in the life of an entrepreneur, both heaven and hell. So the good and the bad. And I show you how to avoid the eight critical mistakes that most entrepreneurs make. And so the sad reality is most entrepreneurs are living the hell scenario and the heaven scenario is so doable. All of our EOS clients are living the heaven scenario. So I show you that so you can see the contrast and be aware and avoid those mistakes. And then the third thing I do is I show you all of your options. And so, you know, if there are a thousand people listening right now, those thousand people are all equipped to build something different. Again, assuming we confirm that they're an entrepreneur. And so I created a tool called My Biz Match, also free and downloadable at the website, e-leap.com. And what it does is it takes you through a process where you're clicking a bunch of buttons, starting with what are the industries that resonate with you? Because what we're doing is we're trying to determine what you're drawn to, what you're built for. And then we get into type of business, which is made up of three things. You're either a product or a service entrepreneur. Very, very different businesses, very, very different worlds. Then you're either a B2B or a B2C entrepreneur. You either love selling to businesses or you love selling to customers. Very, very different sales and marketing processes. And then you're either a high price, low volume, or you're a low price, high volume, commodity-based business. Both work. You can't be both. It's very rare that you can be both. And then the last factor, and again, you're clicking away, is size of business. Some entrepreneurs, depending on where you are on that range, your destiny is to build a 10-person company, doing a million or $2. Others, it's to build a 10,000-person company that does a billion dollars and everything in between. And so we're all built for something different. And so what it's doing is it's giving you that glimpse just to see all of the possibilities and decide what's right for you. And then my point is, once you confirm you have those six essential traits and you see this glimpse of all that is possible, it lights you up and you can't stop yourself but to move forward. And then what I do in PATH is I put on the brakes, put on the reins, and I say, hold on one minute. Before you're ready to run, let me help you avoid half the mistakes you're about to make. And I take them through guideposts to greatly increase their odds of success and eliminate half those mistakes. You're still going to make mistakes. You're going to make half the mistakes, but I think I can help you avoid like half of them because they're the really stupid mistakes that most entrepreneurs make. And so when you're ready to go to PATH, we can certainly go there because I always like to give a high level of the chapters in PATH, but is there anything on Glimpse that you want to touch on? So PATH is one thing. I think actually the question is going to go into PATH. Is there is there any data that tracks the size of business that it, it, an entrepreneur starts compared to success rate? Uh, unfortunately, no. But what there is, is um, because there's no correlation to the entrepreneur and the size, but there is statistics and I can't remember them now, but there's, you know, a percentage of businesses that have one employee and then a percentage of businesses that have 10 employees and then a percentage of business that has a thousand. And as you can imagine, like 95% of all businesses have one employee and then there's some number. So the larger you get, the less there are, but, but I can't call upon, you know, a hundred million dollar business fails as much or more than a $10 million business. I don't recall any statistics in my last 30 years of doing this. 
yeah, I was looking from a multifamily side, the larger property we go, the, the more economies of scale, right? The more things work in your favor, but most times people don't want to go to the larger property because they, their their mind's not ready for it. They're scared of the numbers or those other people. They keep them back and then they get in the part, they buy an eight unit and they find that the eight unit has no scalability, no leverage, no team that you can hire for it. So they're doing all the work. And it's typically with the conversation to be had is a, you know, if, well, should I, should I do a 10 unit first before I go for that hundred unit? And I usually equate it. Well, if you want to learn to run, you're not going to learn to swim first. Right. And so yeah. you have to you know, just you know, figure out the process for both, but they're both subjectively going to be doable, but it starts right here. Yeah, so, so with that said, let's, let's talk into to path, talk me through the steps here. Yeah. And so first of all, I'll do the chapter outline for path. And then what I would love to do, I'll give you the high level you know your audience better than I do if you want to pick one or two of those chapters and we can drill down a little bit. So in path, here are the chapters. First, I start with a chapter called College or Not, and I present all the facts. As an entrepreneur, should you go to college? I didn't go to college. The last thing I was ever going to do is continue in academia. So I graduated high school with a solid 2.3 GPA and could not wait to get out of the education system. With that said, I spend a lot of money educating myself, but for me, college was not the right option. So I present all the facts and then it's a choice you make. The next chapter is all about finding your passion. And I give seven exercises for discovering and finding your passion. The next chapter is how to find a mentor and increase your odds of success through a mentor. The next chapter is all about 10-year thinking and the power of changing your mindset to a 10-year thinking mindset. I then teach eight disciplines in the next chapter for how to greatly increase your odds of success. And then the next chapter are the nine stages of building your company. Love it. Passion and odds of success. That's where I'm going to, I'm going to hang my hat on it. Um, Typically in my mind, it would be that the passion comes right. But, but sometimes it's, it's, is the, the engagement of where you focus your passion of where it needs to go. Is that, that usually what it is? Cause as an entrepreneur, you have a passion, but sometimes it's that, passion to do everything and ultimately would lead you to doing, not doing anything. Right. So, so, so well said. And, and the important thing though, I don't know why this is such a hot topic as of late in terms of the specificity around passion. I've been teaching this for over 20 years and um, all of a sudden it's kind of red hot for some reason. And, And what it's about is, you know, there are people that believe you don't need passion to build a business. And then there are people that believe you do. I'm in the camp that believes you do. I believe passion is the number one reason that entrepreneurs succeed and how they beat the odds. Because when you get knocked on your ass, as we all do as entrepreneurs building our businesses, the only thing that gets you up is passion. And 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 to get up and continue to face this thing that the odds are against you is borderline crazy. And so it's passion is the thing that gives you the superhuman strength to continue on. And so now let's go to discovering your passion because, you know, let's bring EOS into this for a minute. What we do with our EOS clients, and there are now 100,000 companies running on EOS, when we help them discover their passion, the passion is not always about the product or the service. As a matter of fact, it rarely is. And what I find most of the time, the passion of the entrepreneur, when we're getting them back to the reason they started this organization, falls into one of four buckets. The first bucket is that of, it's a passion for that customer, that client, that making an impact on a life. And so that's what my passion is, is helping entrepreneurs live their ideal life. The second bucket is a passion for building an entity that's second to none, a culture that's incredible. 
They just want to build an amazing business, regardless of the size. The third bucket is all about innovation, creativity, um, ideas, problem solving. And then the third is all about winning, crushing competitors, being number one, being the best. And so in none of those, it's about the product or the service. So rule of thumb is you just have to figure out what your passion is. I believe you can turn any passion into a business uh, if you have the six essential traits. And then I would also suggest that passion always, I won't say always, but almost always stems from a wound, a pain, an experience, a suffering in your life. So for me, I'm so passionate about helping entrepreneurs because I helped my visionary entrepreneurial dad turn his company around. I'm so passionate about helping entrepreneurs in the making because at 18, I was this mislabeled derelict. I was insecure. I was scared to death. I, I couldn't figure out why I was so different than everyone else. And I didn't want to stay in academia. Well, I was an entrepreneur and I didn't learn it until 29. So I had 11 years of suffering. And so that suffering makes me so passionate about finding all these 18-year-olds and 13-year-olds and 60-year-olds that are these entrepreneurs with these six essential traits and helping them discover what they are right here and now so they can live the life they were born to live. Well, your dad, what was the number one thing that helped turn that business around? And I, I tracked this back to, uh, there's a lot of people probably are struggling, maybe have had times change on them, right? And, and sometimes you're so close to it, you're too close to it and you get stuck in that point and you need outside eyes. How were you able to do that? What was one thing that really allowed you to jump in there and do that? Yeah, I wish I could say there were one. And so there's probably three things that come to mind. And I'll try to give them to you in a priority order to get to one. But the first was getting the company back to its core. Okay. And so they were so successful. They had this amazing 10, 15 year run that this is such a common entrepreneurial mistake where they found themselves in like six other businesses. And so the first thing I started to do was spin off those businesses and get them back to the core, which was a real estate sales training organization. So mm-hmm. that made a big impact. All of a sudden we were focused and we got back to growing. The second thing is I wrote a book called Rocket Fuel and I teach this concept called visionary integrator relationship. And my dad was the visionary. I was the integrator in that scenario. So the second big thing was for him, he and I to really define our roles and put him 100% in his visionary role so he could get us back to focusing on all of his growth ideas. And I could run the day to day and just execute this turnaround plan. And so that was a big thing. And then, um, you know, I think probably the next thing was, I got really focused on our target market. I got laser clear on who our ideal client was. I literally built a list. I found them all. There were 500 real estate companies in North America that were the perfect clients for us. And then we focused our 50 trainers on going after those 500 and sales really took off from there. So those were the biggies. And then I just had to manage some horrible, ugly debt, you know, so the company was in deep, ugly, fast, short-term debt. And so I spent a lot of time talking vendors off the cliff. <laughs> Which is a, is a skill upon itself, right? Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And I got my PhD in business uh, in that. And I was beyond an MBA. I mean, it was, it was quite an experience. And I was a 25-year-old kid figuring all that out. It was pretty awesome. 
Yeah, but it, but they're straight to the point, right? Sometimes we, our business as it grows, we we and even from an entrepreneurial standpoint, or even any kind of business standpoint, sometimes we try and focus on way too many things, thinking like we need to have all these like diversity is the key, right? We have diversity, but we we don't ever get good or, or like in this fact, your dad was already good in one space, right? So just getting back to where you're great at. But sometimes even starting out, we try so many things, thinking we need all these different things that, you know, different income streams, we're not good at any of them. And so they're all really just like lost leaders, right? Because there's no real driver to get us to the, to the future of where we want to be. You're exactly right, my friend. What do you say for the odds of success? What, what are uh, a few of the key components here um, that really limit your downside, if, if that's potentially the, the way to put it? Well, so you know, there's three things in the book that I share. One, we touched on the eight critical mistakes, and we're not going to go into those because we're going to go to the one that you requested, but avoiding those eight critical mistakes, that's going to greatly increase your odds. The, the chapter I mentioned about the nine stages of building your company, to the degree you clearly understand those stages and are prepared for them, you're going to greatly increase your odds of success. The chapter you selected to talk about are the eight disciplines for increasing your odds of success. So we're going to go into those right now. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you an overview, very high level of the eight. And you know your audience better than I do. So I'm going to urge you to just kind of pick one or two that you think are great hot buttons for your, for your audience. But here are the eight disciplines for increasing your odds. And this indirectly kind of answers your question. So number one is to clarify your vision. Number two, decide if you are a partner person. Number three, know that the bigger the problem you solve in the world, the more successful you will be. Number four, get feedback from customers and clients early and often. Number five, know that your first plan will not be your final plan. Number six, work hard, really hard. Number seven, take criticism and doubt from others with a grain of salt. And number eight, see it every night. So, so one or two. I, yeah, I, I would say that the driver has to be the bigger problem you solve, the more beneficial it would be to everyone around you because that that's that that can't be said enough. So please, please dive in there. Here, here. And so it's the one word, value, okay? And so success in entrepreneurship is all about value. The more value you bring to the world, the more successful you're going to be. And so the bigger problem you solve for people, the more you're providing them value. Flip that. If you don't provide value, if you don't solve a problem for people, you are going out of business. You're commoditized. Nobody cares about you. Your competition is going to kick your ass. And so as an entrepreneur, if you're constantly obsessed about knowing your customers and clients, better than they know themselves and really know how they tick, what they need, how they function and obsess about those needs and keep filling those needs, you're going to be busy for the rest of your life. And the bigger the problem you can solve. So, so what I always say is if you cut a lawn, which solves a problem for people, that's worth about 25 bucks. If you put somebody on Mars that's worth about a trillion dollars. So somewhere between those two values that you bring to the world gives you a sense, you know, and so I'm an EOS implementer. I help entrepreneurs build great companies. I get a pretty good fee for what I do when I go into a company and help them implement EOS and run an EOS. So again, it's all about the more value you bring, the bigger problem you solve, the more you can charge and the more money you're going to make. 
Gino, I, I, I loved your time here. For anybody who has listened that, that is an entrepreneur, I know you want to dive into this book here. So how do they find the book? Yeah, you bet. So the epicenter of all things Entrepreneurial Leap is e-leap.com. There you will find a wealth of free tools, okay? This is a passion project. We're on a mission to help a million entrepreneurs in the making take their entrepreneurial leap. So you'll find that free assessment I mentioned. You can find a free chapter of the book. You can buy the book there. I put out a video every week. I write an article every other week. So that's the first thing. Second thing I would suggest, you'll see a button called the one, two, three roadmap. If you think you're an entrepreneur in the making, in an hour, if you do the one, two, three roadmap, all free, where in confirm you fill out the assessment, in glimpse you fill out my biz match, and in path you fill out my vision clarifier, in literally an hour, you will have a roadmap to start a better startup. And the last thing I would suggest for anyone out there that has a passion for helping, teaching, coaching, guiding, and mentoring entrepreneurs in the making, become a collaborator. And what a collaborator is, is where I give you all of my content to teach to the world. You freely teach it however you want. No money changes hands, no contracts. Again, this is a passion project. And all I ask is that you give credit where credit is due. And so click on the become a collaborator button if that's something that's appealing to you. And so all things are at e-leap.com. Amazing. Gino, thank you so much for being on the show. Super appreciate your time. My pleasure, Jason. All right. For everyone listening, thank you again for your time. We'll talk to you shortly. Want to learn exactly how we're finding high profit, cash flow ready multifamily properties off market? Want to find out how to run lightning fast syndications to raise all the capital you need for your next multi million dollar deal in just a few days? We are breaking down our entire process step by step at a three day event happening June 10th through the 12th called you guessed it, Multifamily Live. We've done events before, but nothing this massive or this valuable. And for the first time ever, we're going to open the doors and walk you guys through literally every step of what we're doing on our multifamily deals. This is a virtual event, so you don't have to travel or even leave your couch, but spots are limited. Sign up at multifamilyliveevent.com and we'll see you there.